Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Today's podcast is sponsored by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports where payday can come every day when you enter their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is pretty simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before, as every moment means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. To date, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. And DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 62, and Andy and I prepare for the inevitable expansion draft. The Rangers have some news and an interesting signing, and uh, I think we're just going to be talking a little bit about you know the Rangers and, and, and what they might be up against this coming season. So I got to ask Andy, how are you doing, my friend? Man, my head is spinning with all the rumors that are flying around and just the uh, noise surrounding not just the Rangers, but every team in the league. If uh, if you hear a, a bit of an echo, I apologize. I'm podcasting from a different location uh, tonight, but uh, everything should be, sound okay. Um, yeah, man, geez, there's just every, every hour, there's just more juicy tidbits flying out there about where players might land and who's interested in this player, especially obviously as Rangers fans, a lot of nibbles on some of their players. And uh, like James said, uh, we have a little bit more clarity on the contract situation for Barkley Goudreau. So yeah, plenty to talk about. Um, You know, when you're listening to this uh, as it drops Thursday morning, the expansion draft will have been uh, the night before. So uh, unfortunately we don't have the, the time or the, the clout to, uh, report after that, you know, or the hours technically, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to walk you right up to the door. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's a lot to cover leading into it and and not so much, you know, what the Rangers might lose and, and 
and what it means for the Rangers to uh, possibly lose a Colin Blackwell. I, I don't think, you know, whatever player gets chosen uh, in the expansion draft, I don't think it really affects the Rangers as much as, you know, what we might cover in this podcast. But I do think, you know, the first thing we should talk about is an interesting signing. Uh, I believe it's, you have the, I'm sure the exact number memorizes it. Six years, 3.2 million uh, for uh, Goudreau, who I believe signed with the Rangers. Am I crazy? Or is this just uh, all hearsay right now? Because he he officially can't sign. He officially can't sign. So there, there a number has been uh, reported. I have to pull it up. I'm sorry. And of course, I can't go to my usual cap friendly because it's not, uh, yeah, it's not technically, uh, yeah, like I said, it's not technically in place yet. And of course, now I can't find it. But yeah, it, it's it's something, I believe it was six years at um, 3.5 or 3.6 million. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't no, know why no. I said 3.2. Um, but yeah, no, pretty... Shocking. Obviously, nothing's written in, in stone right now. And uh, it just seems like things are trending in that direction. And those are the numbers and, and the, the term. At first, I was kind of like, okay, this is not too bad. But then, you know, kind of looking at it and looking at, you know, uh, what Goudreau, is, they want him to bring to the table. And there's a couple things that concern me, Andy. The first thing that concerns me is um, the, the team that he played on, right? The Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, if you're a, if you're a player that's kind of the middle of the road, uh, you know, you might have some good qualities, bad qualities. Those bad qualities are kind of like covered up with a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, where their offensive numbers are just kind of outrageous. And you, you've seen, you know, uh, especially over the last few playoffs, just Kucherov just absolutely dominating, Braden Point being one of the most clutch playoff players, uh, you know, in this, in this decade. Uh, over his couple playoff runs, and it's just it's it's very interesting to see how people automatically favor these players that you know coming off you know Stanley Cup victories, and 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 not to take anything away from Goudreau, you know I do think he's a solid player, but I feel like you know a lot of people are putting him up on this pedestal that um, it's going to be tough for him to deliver. Like I don't know if he's really truly going to be that guy, and I know he's going to be playing third or fourth line minutes. Um, probably third line minutes uh, you'd expect from, you know, a contract like that. Um, you know, but I, I wanted to hear your thoughts and I wanted to hear, you know, what you what you think Goudreau is going to bring to the table uh, with this type of contract. You know, you know, what are the Rangers ex- really expecting of him? Because honestly, I'm not really expecting that much. Yeah, I mean, so like you had mentioned, um, the right now. The sticking point for me with all this is, and I, much like you, I'm happy to have Barkley Goudreau on the Rangers, or at least unofficially yet, but the, the belief is that a deal will get done. Um, that he does bring something valuable. He, he can play all three forward positions, I believe. I can think he can play on his wing, his off wing, and he can play center. He's a good face-off guy, apparently. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, he's definitely has some sandpaper in his game. We've seen him drop the gloves. He's got a no, number of fights he's, and he's definitely uh, has some rough and tumble in his game, which the Rangers are clearly looking for and is, can always help out. And and he can play hockey. He's not a big producer, but he has got some skill and he scored some pretty important and clutch goals 
for both uh, Tampa and uh, the San Jose Sharks uh, in during their playoff runs, you know, and he's been an important player for both teams. Um, obviously, the problem with players like this who now have two cup rings and they're what they they kind of get it get the hinges on them is like, oh, these are this is what put Tampa over the top. And I mean, part of the reason he was such a hero for Tampa is that he was making six. They got him for six hundred and ten you know, thousand dollars and players like this are out there. So it's like, yes, they're paying a, you're paying a premium for a Barkley Goudreau because you, you know, there is proof of concept, but yeah, I mean, he's 28 years old and obviously the term scares me a bit and, and it's a little bit higher than I'd like. I do think that the deal will be structured to make him easier to maybe move that contract towards the end or it might be front loaded. But still, yeah, I just feel like these are the type of players that you can, you're supposed to be, that Tampa find gets these players by finding them undervalued. You know, Blake Coleman, clearly undervalued for what he can do uh, from New Jersey, you know, bring him on board. Uh, and same thing with a lot of their other players. And I mean, in, in fairness, I mean, Goudreau was playing on that third line with two other guys that probably are second liners on any other team in the league except him. You know, he is more of a, you know, die in the wool third liner. Um, you know, as time has gone on, I've kind of realized that even though I I was like, you know, I think the death by a thousand cuts aspect of the signing scares me because obviously you see teams frantically trying to shed salary right now and also just making some hard decisions and some painful ones, especially with just the salary cap, not being able to afford players and uh, afford players they really want, you know, as much as. I didn't want to give them. I don't, you know, I don't think Tampa wanted to lose Goudreau. They just couldn't. They're so up against the cap, you know, famously, obviously, you know, 18 million over the cap or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, from what I'm hearing, they're similar type players that may be a little bit more productive, but guys like Blake Coleman and Zach Hyman are apparently going to fetch even more. So you have to wonder, um, you know, or Yanni Gord, I'm sure he's a guy who's going to get paid eventually. So it's just... You know, I, I at the time I was obviously a little sour about how much it costs to get this player, but uh, you know, I just have to hope that Drury has a vision and that if it's one of the, if there's you can get the certainty of getting a player you think can add some versatility and you know even if he makes the bottom half of your lineup walk a little bit taller, uh, I'd much rather overpay for him than overpay for Ryan Reeves or a Nick Delorier who can't do anything. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to trying to look at it with rose colored glasses here. Yeah. And, you know, I'll go, you know, through my positives and negatives. You know, one of the positives, I think, you know, obviously pull up hockey DB and you click on him and you see, you know, what he's done over his uh, NHL career. And the, and the one good thing I say is is. I see, I shouldn't say say, uh, one of the good things I see is that, you know, over the course of his NHL career, he really hasn't played a ton of hockey, right? For a 28 year old, um, he hasn't played a ton of games. Uh, obviously the last two seasons, uh, just a regular season he's played, what is that? Uh, 55 and eight would be 63. And then he played another 25 and 18, uh, in, in playoff games. So, you know, it, it, there's not a ton of games over the last couple of years. So I wouldn't expect him to be hopefully not breaking down uh, at the back end of that contract. So, uh, you know, that that's also good. And, and, and you've seen it with the Rangers and, and, you know, how many times did the, uh, the conversation lead to, you know, the Rangers played a lot of hockey, you know, they played a lot of hockey. Look how much hockey the Rangers have played over the last few seasons. Like Hank's played a lot of games. Like 
it, it was just exhausting. And, and, you know, you do look at that. And for a player who's 28, signing for six years, uh, he hasn't really played a ton of hockey over the, you know, his NHL career. So maybe that's a good thing. And if you look at like, you know, a player like DeGrom dominating the MLB, you know, one of the things they say, you know, the reason why he's so dominant is that he wasn't a pitcher growing up. So he didn't have a, a lot of reps. So I, I'm thinking more along those lines that, you know, maybe we got a younger 28 year old rather than, you know, a kid who uh, is a grinder and just kind of, you know, has taken his beating over his over his career. So maybe that's a plus. Uh, one of the negatives that you really stands out is that obviously, it, you know, there's the Rangers factor, right? You bring in a player that you expect to fulfill this role and it turns out he's kind of a dud, right? It happens. God, I feel like almost every year uh, that we've grown up watching the Rangers, there's always brought in players that just don't live up to their potential. Um, I don't know if he is going to be, you know, the player that everyone wants him to be in the in the New York spotlight. Uh, he's just won two Stanley Cups with the Tampa Bay Lightning on a team that was not built around him. And, you know, the, but you said, you know, you touched on the point that there is a proof of concept with his style of game. And uh, he's, you know, he's a pretty big boy, 6'2", 208, um, and 28 years old. And, and I, you know, he is on paper exactly what the Rangers need. My only concern is that for that type of contract, Andy, I feel like you've probably could have tried to find someone like him and, you know, they kind of went all in. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I would have liked a player like Philip Deneau. You know, I, there's also proof of concept there. Uh, he wants out of Montreal, at least he stated prior to uh, this, you know, unbelievable run that they had. Um, but I, I've been saying it for months uh, to people that, you know, this Philip Deneau is is exactly who the Rangers need. I think there's a different aspect and and he could center a, a third line and uh you know and, and, and contribute, you know, on the uh with the things that you know the Rangers desperately needed uh over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, here we are. Uh looks like he signed for 6 years. You know, I, you got to give him an opportunity and that's all the Rangers can do right now is give him an opportunity to play his game and put him in the best position to, you know, uh, succeed. And, you know, uh, I hope, you know, in a, in a league that's trending, getting away from fighting, I just really hope he can play a heavier game, you know, just kind of make our, you know, uh, depth a little bit tougher to play against. And, you know, just, you know, again, I guess just bring that aspect to the Rangers. So, uh, any more words on Goudreau? Uh, you know, I guess when he officially signs, we can, talk about him a little bit more and, and kind of break down the actual uh, numbers that his contract is going to bring. No, like you said, you just have to give the player a chance. And, and listen, this isn't a thing where I don't like having the player. I do think he's a player that I would like penciled in on this team somewhere. More the um, contract. Yeah, it's worth a contract. Definitely. Uh, so that, that's good. You know, am I a little bit like I said, I, I, the, con, the, the rumors about how much it's going to cost gives me pause. But at the same time, uh, I think a lot has been made about at a certain point. I think, you know, no team's, uh, you know, resume or books or contracts are flawless. But sometimes you think a player can help you and you, you, you got to give to get. So they just you say, screw it, cost certainty. Let's take what it gets to get him before a bidding war comes out. And yeah, sometimes we've seen plenty of teams uh, cough, cough, the Calgary Flames constantly find them in a situation where they're afraid to do anything. And then they find themselves uh, see disappointing season after disappointing season. So 
Uh, yeah, like you said, if you think a player can help you, you take your take your swing and you live with the consequence. You live and die with the consequences, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I think this kind of leads into uh, another question with the New York Rangers. And there's a few players in particular that you know I do want to touch on that we probably really haven't spoken too much about, but definitely worth talking this week because uh, the future is kind of up in the air. And that's a uh, talk about two players specifically, and that's Pavel Buchnevich and Philip Hedl. Now, obviously, these are two of the biggest trade pieces I think that we have uh, in our back pocket. Um, you know, Philip Hedl plays a, a, a third line center role right now with us. And last season, 60 games played, 14 goals, nine assists. And, and you know, he was solid. You know, obviously, he dealt with some uh, the injury bug. But, you know, obviously, that's that's hockey. And, and, and you know, for a kid who kind of feels like he's been here for years, he's certainly very young. and He's only 19 years old and, you know, he's got a, you know, hopefully a tremendous future in front of him. I just don't know if it's going to be with the New York Rangers. And the other player that, you know, I want to touch on too is Pavel Pavel Buchnevich. And Buch is, uh, you know, everywhere you read, you know, he's just like an analytic machine and certainly one of the Rangers' most impactful players. Do we have the space for him? No. But, uh, you know, it, it could work given the structure of the New York Rangers right now. And it all depends on, you know, whether or not they, they make a trade or, or, you know, free up some space. So, you know, Andy, uh, let's talk about Philip Hedl first. And then I think Buchnevich is a, it's kind of a bigger deal, you know, uh, going forward, a bigger spotlight. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Philip Hedl's young. I believe he's 21, but still he's young. Is he, um, oh, you know what? I read the wrong line. Yeah, he is. He's, yeah. He's 21, but still he's a young player in this league. Uh, you know, and he's, you know, every year he looks a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit more confident. And, you know, he, he's a player that has had trouble really establishing a good amount of ice time for the Rangers or extra situations play, whether it's on the PK or the, the penalty or on the power play. But you know, his points per 60 is always very strong and his on ice, you know, his underlying metrics are strong as someone who drives play. It's just, I think the eye test kind of confirms what you might think what the numbers might say is that he's a guy who has a, he's got size, he's got speed. He's got a pretty good shot. Uh, his, his vision, not the best, not the best, clearly more of a one-on-one type player than a playmaker. Although I think he is starting to get better at, you know, facilitating the puck. He had some nice uh, passes to teammates, you know, last year, but uh, it's clearly not his strongest suit. You know what I mean? And I think if you're being a center, they want some part of your duties, is kind of breaking out the puck and facilitating it to your teammates and finding them in areas. So something he clearly needs to work on, but yeah, I mean, I don't know where, cause we've heard a lot of smoke about more concrete, maybe trade options or partners for players like Buchnevich and Strom, whereas Hedl, I just think the Rangers might not necessarily want to trade him, but I can't, Again, I've said this before. I if if the Rangers truly are one of the teams that are in on Eichel, I assume that Philip Edel is part of that that package. I mean, he'd have to be if you're not if you don't want to give up a Lafreniere or a Kako. I mean, you have to give up one NHL now player that hurts, and he would probably most likely be it, especially being a center. Um, so I I truly don't know. I think the Rangers have a lot of balls in the air right now. It seems like I'm sure they have deals with multiple teams or at least or discussing deals with multiple teams. And I it is definitely possible that maybe more direct one for one deals, you know, especially like you said, uh, 
a team like Montreal where all of a sudden, you know, they went to the Stanley Cup final and they're on the verge of something great. And now all of a sudden Shea Weber's, uh, you know, his career is, is threatened by a uh, foot injury. Um, and Carey Price is going to see doctors in New York and that can affect his career. And they're exposing him to the draft, even though he, it was like his idea just to, so they could uh, save Jake Allen or protect him. And yeah, I just, you have to wonder if, if maybe the opportunity is for a center who is a little bit more established is out there. Maybe they would flip heel for that, but I'm not sure. I, I still, my gut still tells me if, if Phil Peedle gets traded, it's, it's part of a package and a deal for like a Jack Eichel um, or a bigger thing. I don't know if, I don't know if he's the type of player they're going to trade. Whereas it's Pavel Buchnevich, you know, I mean, the uh, he hate to lose the player, but the Rangers do have a glut of wingers, unfortunately. And he, not that he's the odd man out because he's probably one of their best wingers besides Panarin, but he probably is their best winger outside Panarin as it stands today. But you just hope that Lafreniere and Kako grow into those roles and it's almost a bit, you know, it just keeps being more of a luxury if you, especially if you can trade him uh, to, a, you know, to a, some of the teams that are sniffing around on him and upgrade at a position you really need help. Yeah, and one thing I want to know, I, I messed up on, uh, I, again, like I told you, I read the wrong line. So Philip Petal had 42 games played, 8 goals, 14 assists for 22 points, uh, and he was a plus 9. So just, you know, food for thought, he's now is 21, not 19, read the wrong line. So sorry about that. And, you know, looking at, you know, Pavel Buchnevich, what he means to the New York Rangers, you know, obviously I feel like he draw, you know, he, he drives a lot of offense. That's, that's, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we are wing heavy. He is a valuable piece. Uh, the one question I had for you is, you know, Buchnevich, I think, I, I feel like at his age, right? He's, he's 25 years old. I feel like at his age, you know, obviously he can't control where he gets moved. But, you know, what type of teams are looking for a Buchnevich? Because I feel like a team like Buffalo or a team like Ottawa or, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like all these, you know, maybe um, not middle of the pack, but just slightly below middle of the pack teams really have no value for Buchnevich because by the time, you know, they get to a, a point of being relevant, he's probably at the back end of his contract and a little bit older. And and who knows what he's going to be able uh, to be capable of at that point in his career. So, you know, are we looking at, you know, teams that are, you know, fighting for a Stanley Cup? You know, uh, who is going to go after Pavel Buchnevich? Like, what do you hear? What are the rumors? And uh, what do you think? So, I mean, they're definitely Buchnevich name. It's not like they've only the Rangers only have taken calls on him for the the last month. They even going back to last offseason, there was they were having conversations with teams about Buchnevich. I know or I think it's been reported as a fact that the Rangers have had conversations with Edmonton about Buchnevich before. I. I'm under the impression that they've had conversations with the Calgary Flames about Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, I would even maybe assume the Canucks. Uh, and literally, I think, what, an hour or two ago, uh, Andy Strickland, who is an NHL insider, tweeted, won't be easy to pry Pavel Buchnevich away from the New York Rangers, but the St. Louis Blues are among the teams with serious interest. 20 goals and nearly a point per game this past season. So teams are sniffing around on him. Uh, we talked about last podcast how the Ottawa Senators are sniffing around on Ryan Strome. Uh Yeah, and I think there's overlap with some teams. I just think Buchnevich right now is peaking at the right time. He is, unlike maybe some of the other wingers available, he is 
a point per game player. He can play on a first line. He has a, he's developed a very strong two way game. And like I said, he's 20, only 25 years old. He's worth, and it seems like there will be a little bit of a bidding war for teams to get him, which is good. I think that benefits the Rangers. Um, you know, I, I, in my head, a part of me though, is worried that you do wonder if Buchnevich could be a player that you, they, the Rangers choose to jettison just to, so, so to keep the overall cost down on Jack Eichel. So they don't have to, you know, really delve in. Cause obviously I would love to, you know, I, I mean, listen, we, I, do I want, am I afraid of going after Jack Eichel? Yes. Do I want Jack Eichel? Uh, I'm still not sure as a stance today, probably not, but is, do I feel like it's a very strong possibility and that the Rangers might actually be a front runner for him? Yes, I do. So you have to wonder, you know, well, let's say the Rangers were able to fl- or package their 15th overall pick and Ryan Strom to Ottawa, because I think they're picking like 10th, right? Now you have a top 10 pick, and maybe you take another prospect back that they like. Maybe like Ridley Gregg, who the Rangers really seem to like um, last year at the draft. And then you package that 10th overall with Buchnevich, Heedle, and then, I don't know, like Zach Jones or something, or, or I don't know, just whoever they else, the Crafts offer, whoever, for Eichel. That's a pretty good package, and as much as it stings... It's like you knew you're going to lose Buchnevich anyway. You knew that if you were going to get Eichel, you'd have to upgrade from Heedle anyway. And, you know, you were ready to, to leave cut bait with Ryan Strom anyway. So all of a sudden it's like those are very attractive pieces. But at the same time, it's not like Lafreniere or Kako or Nils Lungfist. So I don't know. I, I, again, I think the Rangers have a lot of balls in the air. I think they have individual deals. I think they have frameworks for bigger deals. I think that a lot of GMs are probably saying like we will – will want to take him, but only if X, Y, and Z lines up for us before the draft or on draft day or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I'm not really quite sure what happens with Buchnevich, but his individual value is extremely high. So I do wonder, I mean, like I said, I just said about the blues, I'm trying to think of players, you know, if, I don't know if, if Robert Thomas plays center, I, I don't know if St. Louis would give away Jordan Cairo, but that would really pique my interest. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see what, these teams are offering and obviously we won't know, but we might, we might know in a couple of days now. Cause I, it has a, I have a feeling that, and I think a lot of people do that. The floodgates are op- going to open come Thursday, right? With the draft. Yeah. And you know, obviously the expansion draft is, 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 has taken kind of the spotlight, but you know, don't forget right after that, all these teams are going to be able to, um, you know, uh, test the waters right on the, on the open market. And there's a, you know, a ton of interest in, in um, you know, kind of shedding a lot of you know bad contracts and and kind of making yourselves younger and tougher and and you know everyone's you know analyzing the analytics with Tampa and just seeing what you know how, how that team was built and then try to copy it and hopefully be relevant enough to win a Stanley Cup and you know there's just a lot going on and and uh, you know if you look at you know the Rangers division uh, this year as the you know Metro probably gets back to normal. Um, you know, Washington, Philly, and Pittsburgh, um, and Carolina, Islanders, Columbus, Rangers, and Devils. You know, you look at that division, and obviously the top three will get the auto bids into the playoffs, and then, you know, the four seed would probably most likely make the playoffs out of our division. I'm not sure if the four and five teams would do it, but, you know, um, you know, Washington, you know, 
Pittsburgh is just another year older. And I know we say this year after year, but you know, eventually, you know, the slip up is coming. You know, Philly is, uh, you know, they're always going to do uh, do what the Flyers do best and underachieve, I think. And then you got the Carolina Hurricanes, who are, you know, a very, very good team. Uh, uh, underachieved, I think, last year in the playoffs. I, I, I think they they should have put up a, a better fight, but, you know, they, they did lose um, to a better team. So, you know, Andy, my final question kind of here, and, and, you know, obviously it doesn't have to be the final question. I'm sure I'll have more after you kind of bring to us. If you look at our division and how it's built right now and, and how the, the teams individually are built, you know, where do you see the Rangers? I, I feel like the Rangers are trending up and, and, you know, all the other teams except maybe maybe for the Islanders and Carolina are kind of, you know, at a standstill. And, you know, uh, there's something exciting about the Rangers, you know, kind of building to this pinnacle point of, uh, you know, trying to become a regular playoff team year after year and, and eventually fight for a Stanley Cup. So what do you think of our division right now uh, before the expansion draft and before the free market or the, uh, oh, my God, is it what's it called? Not the free market. What am I? Why am I saying free agency? Free, free agency. <laughs> Jesus. Man, it was a long day. I've been up since yeah. uh, the crack of dawn. So, um, you know, what do you think of our division and, and where the Rangers kind of stand in it right now? And then, you know, obviously after every all the dust settles, we can go back onto this question and see how we stack up. Yeah, I think a big, uh, a lot of where the Rangers stand, I think it, again, we said this at the beginning of last year, but it, it depends on how big of a step all these, the kids take and are the kids still here? Have they been upgraded? Uh you know, do the Rangers address a need for maybe a more veteran presence in the back end to like help solidify everything? And yeah, because like you said, uh, Pittsburgh was kind of had a, a surprisingly good regular season, and unfortunately, goaltending kind of did them in in the playoffs. And but so they just get another year older of, of Crosby, Latang, and you know, Malkin was kind of a in and out, you know, and it clearly had injury problems and. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a team that's another year older. Washington, another year older. The Flyers seem to be having a little bit of identity crisis under Elaine Vigneault. Go figure. Who could have saw that coming? But uh, they're clearly looking to make changes. They they flip. Um, they do a kind of change of scenery uh, with uh, Nolan Patrick, uh, but they trade for Ryan Ellis, who's a good defenseman, you know, to kind of help. Uh, you know, We know how teams can bleed goals in a land Vino system. So they're going to need Ryan Ellis to try to, <laughs> to try to put the cork on that. Uh, and I assume they're not done making moves, but yeah, I think that this, uh, the packs even a bit more, even I do think that if the Rangers do overhaul some of these spots, I don't think any reason why they shouldn't be among the top team in that division. I mean, Columbus is clearly just going to gut and restart over. Right. So they're not going anywhere unless they really surprise. Um, you know, you lose Buffalo, unfortunately, but you yep. lose Boston leaves too. I think the, uh, the devils are still kind of fighting their way up. Uh, they're going to look to probably get rid of PK Subban this summer and, and try to do over overhaul their roster, but they're a few steps behind the Rangers when it comes to that type of stuff. Um, the Islanders are kind of an interesting case. They've, you know, they let Nick Letty go, so they're going to have to replace him. Um, even though his, his, you know, I think at his age, it was right, the right move for Lou to get out from under him. But now Zach Parise, you can pretty much just book him a ticket to, you know, to MacArthur airport. He's going out to Long Island, but 
you know, you just keep adding these guys in their mid to early to, you know, mid thirties to this team. And at a certain point, all of a sudden, you know, that Zizekas uh, Clutterbuck Martin line is not going to have the same zip that it once had. And, you know, uh, I, you know, I don't know, like I said, it's like, they clearly need, they were very, very close, but is that as close as they're going to get? Will they be able to repeat? Obviously Barry Trotz is a very good coach, but it took all, it seemed like it took almost everything for them to get to that point. So, you know, and even if you have players that join their lineup that are younger, that can kind of help them out the score with like, they didn't really trust Oliver Wallstrom to play him. So, I mean, that's the thing is that I don't know, do they trust these guys enough to play the young guys to help them score, get more of the goal scoring they probably need, you know, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I do think the Rangers realistically can and should be a playoff team. I think this is the first year I think that based on the mandate, they should. I think where they're at in terms of how old their their players will be and that some of the guys are going to move on from. I don't I think it's an expectation. I think, you know, you know what you at this point, the mandate's out there and you know that they're going to no matter what, make a move to add someone to their back end, I'm sure, and have a harder bottom six to play against and probably look to, to upgrade from Ryan Strom at that second center position. So if they do all that, then on paper, yeah, they're a playoff team. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's one thing to say that it's a total another thing to do it. All it takes is having a hard time gelling with the new coach and this and that. But I mean, that's the beauty of having Gerard Gallant is that he apparently it's never a problem with players at least playing hard or loving the coach, you know, because he has coached some bad teams too, but at least the players love playing for him. So, uh, but yeah, I guess it remains to be seen what happens. Yeah. And, you know, to kind of wrap things up here, you know, I, I do look at the Rangers and I do see them trending upwards and I do see a lot of question marks with the, you know, the, I, I guess it's, I should say the established teams. There's certainly a lot of question marks around them, but, you know, I think this season going into it, you just got, you kind of want the Rangers to compete, right? And there can't be games where, you know, uh, they get off to a slow start and, and they're down, you know, lose games five nothing. There can't be these emotional swings and this roller coaster ride that we found ourselves on really last season. And you know, where you go stretches where you go eight and two, and then you know you find out a stretch of going, you know, two and eight. You start questioning everything, and you know, it, it just it was it was a tiresome se- uh, season last year. Obviously, we didn't play a full eighty-two game schedule. I think the way the season's built right now. With a, obviously the schedule getting back to normal, having a training camp, uh, having some sort of, um, I should say, repetition for the younger players will be healthy. And, and hopefully, you know, I don't know what the Rangers are going to do in terms of bringing in, you know, veteran leadership and, you know, making a big blockbuster trade. So I can't really speak on what the locker room is going to look like as of now. But I would expect that the Rangers are going to be a little bit more of a mature team. And, you know, I, I just don't want the roller coaster season again. I want, you know, I want to be tougher to play against. I want to be consistent. Uh, you know, I, I want the Rangers to be relevant. And there's no reason we can't have that as the, the bottom level bar uh, to judge this team based off of, you know, what we saw over the last couple of years. And, you know, playoffs is, is tough in general, right? And if you look at the Eastern Conference, there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of teams that have, you know, playoff rosters, so to speak. So, you know, I don't know if the bar is playoffs. The Rangers, I'm sure, will certainly set that bar for themselves. But, you know, as of now, I just want the Rangers to be tough. I, I don't want 
letdown games. I don't want them to have blown leads with less than five minutes to go in the in the third period. I don't want them to you know uh, fall down four nothing you know in the first period. You know I don't want these games where they look like they didn't even show up to play against the New York Islanders. Like I don't want any of that, Andy. I want a mature team that you know brings energy every single night, is consistent. And, you know, whether or not that's a, a playoff team in, in the Eastern Conference and, and out of the Metro, we'll see. But that's what my expectation is right now. And, and obviously things will change over the course of the next couple of weeks. So we'll be breaking all of that down and, and expectations might might differ. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's really well said. And uh, again, I oh, man, I just like I said, I, even as you're you're you're, you're giving this beautiful monologue like Twitter on my phone is like sending me all these rumors and tweets that I have alerts set up for the Rangers I'm just like man it's it's going down this is gonna this is gonna be one of the more fun off seasons uh, we've had in a long time and uh, I just hope everyone's ready because it feels like uh, the floodgates are about to open thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.